Welcome to the Osteo Connection, the number one podcast for osteopaths looking to expand their minds and improve their practice. I'm Kevin Longpray. I'm Jason Turnbull. And I'm Dr. Sean Landry. And if you're new here, welcome. This show is dedicated to bridging the gap between your formal education and real-world practice success. Join us every week where we share our combined 50 years of practice experience, talk tips, strategies, and interview rock stars in the business. Welcome back, everyone, to the OC. I'm your host this week with my guests. Same people as last week. Co-host. Co-host. Yeah, I prefer to call them guests. I've been called worse. um, I'm good with that. (laughs) Jason Turnbull. Kevin Longbray. Hello, hello. And your host for this week's episode, Dr. Sean Landry. Mm. So, last week we we had an amazing one. It was dealing with trauma. So it was all about acceptance and understanding and how you can uh, convey and allow for understanding with your patient base or your, your clients uh, that uh, some of the times the root cause of, uh, of their problem is, is essentially trauma. So we proposed, um, or we talked about just, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to, to it, but we spoke about varying, just understanding and bridging the gap so that, that you can better communicate these concepts with them. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, we, we strongly recommend you do. But today we thought we'd piggyback off that, um, off that episode. And we're going to talk about, uh, almost like we, we call it like the trauma reset. So what are some practical applications and tools that you can use, uh, with your client base to actually, uh, bring them through, uh, and, and ultimately in towards a, uh, towards help health. Them. Help them heal. Help them heal, right? That's the main goal as therapists. We want to help them heal. So, um, all right, Jay, I'm going to throw you the ball. Nice. Yeah, it's almost like a, like for your phases of care, for those ones back that you remember that uh, old podcast, it's instead of giving them physical exercises, it's more stuff to do with their mind. And, and, and really, when we think of trauma, we want to think about uh, restoring and replenishing the nervous system, right? So, so um, getting their the relationship between their sympathetic system and their parasympathetic system to balance out again. Because typically people who have undergone some sort of trauma, um, you know, will have their sympathetic system like, you know, out of balance, too high, too much in that fight or flight system. And we need to do different techniques that we've, that we've jotted down to help rebalance the nervous system and build resilience back so that they have the, they can, they can then have different stresses that come up later on in life. They can't always go back into that same situation they're in when they're in your office, right? You've got to build their resilience so that they can they can withstand it, right? They can cope better and they can move forward without kind of getting that that new trauma, whether it's internal forces or external forces that kind of shuts them down again. So I think we briefly brought some of these up last time, but mm-hmm. it, you know, to give you a kind of a like a Coles note version, you're thinking about homework that they can do at home. You, we can talk about they can do their journaling, some breath work. Um, we can talk about meditation and just different maybe exercises or sometimes yoga poses almost that you can do that you're going to really help to replenish and restore the nervous system. So that's where I kind of lean towards as far as a, as a reset, if you will, of the, uh, of people who have suffered from trauma. Yeah. So that's uh, like you mentioned being stuck in the sympathetic. Can, can, could you have the opposite as well? Someone could be stuck super on the, on the other end sure. of the spectrum sure. and parasympathetic. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, would you use similar, would it be more excitatory in nature if you're trying to connect to, to, or move through past trauma? Well, it's like in, in osteopathy, you know, we yeah. talk about doing parasympathetic techniques versus sympathetic techniques. So like someone that's down and more, uh, needs to be brought up is you're going to do more osteoarticular and, or, uh, more not aggressive techniques, but, uh, techniques that will, 
excite the sympathetic nervous system. Uh, whereas someone that's too much in the sympathetic will do more parasympathetic techniques like cranial techniques and rhythmic techniques to, to, uh, to help, right? Yeah, like the cranial sacral stuff for yeah. the parasympathetics, and then mm -hmm. the, he said osteoarticular rib heads and stuff for the sympathetics to boost them yeah. up more. Yeah. But uh, to talk about what Jay said about bridging the gap, that's usually how I explain it with patients. We talked a bit about that last time, is uh, to have something in place that's so that's what we really want to get down to today is giving, like Jay said, those examples. So we'll go through a couple of those and explain why they're important. What do they do? What benefit do they have? Because we've got to remember at a traumatic level too, you can have mem trauma memory in the cells at a cellular level that uh, someone is not necessarily conscious of they're still stuck in that trauma. Like I had one today where, so I don't know if uh, anyone has had this experience before, but in osteopathy quite often we working on a structure and someone starts telling you, a story about something they went through. So I had someone today where uh, they were suffering from vertigo. Uh, they had some cranial blocks and upper neck issues, but it was all pulling down towards the spleen. So as I'm working on the spleen and unwinding, and, and then she tells me, oh, that's funny, your hand's there, because that's where I fell uh, about, you know, almost 30 years ago, and I broke some ribs and had a really hard time recovering from it. And, Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's probably just some tension there left. And so we're working on it. And as I'm working on the spleen, she starts saying, well, the real reason was my ex-husband pushed me down the stairs. And she starts telling the story of well, what that was all about. So the key part is remembering one, that dialogue you have is very important to, to explain it and say, well, okay. Uh, you know, there's some interesting things, even if we go into some detail about the synchronicity of all that. This was a situation where they felt trapped, fell on the spleen of all places, mm -hmm. where the white blood cells represent the defense of the clan. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that it was like a little wake up in that zone, right? Uh, so there are various techniques, like uh, even in applied kinesiology, talking about uh, injury recall techniques, things like that to help with trauma release as well, which we find on a regular basis, right? Uh, having done some of those courses. Um, so yeah, so we, I, I guess we could just dive in and uh, yeah, so and go one by one and say which ones <laughs> we feel work best. I think a combination of a lot of these things are really good. And some other people have different ideas that they've done before too and different types of therapies that have helped uh rmd uh things like that uh in psychotherapy and things like that that apparently are very good for uh, trauma release yeah a lot of them i mean if you go into you know a lot of the if you read about cb cbt and all these things right it's 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 again establishing a connection to yeah. the trauma of the past present whatever and then accepting and working through right mm -hmm. dealing with it not just brushing it under the rug but like we're saying today we really want to talk about practical applications so you know we always think about in rehab terms you want to if you're trying to strengthen or stabilize a joint right like the shoulder and the rotator cuff then you'd want to progress them right you want to understand the understand their limitations understand their weaknesses their imbalances and then progress them through with a kind of like a, a you know just low bars that they can hit um, and obviously monitor as you progress them through to get them fully functional, less pain, and ultimately back to whatever they want to do, yeah. right? So it's the same concept with, with um, you know, these trauma, right? Even you mentioned the IRT or the injury recall technique. It's very similar, right? You're just 
you're actually acknowledging or connecting to the area of the body that it holds the memory of the trauma. And, you know, some, for some people are like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that. Oh, I forgot about that injury, right? And then you're, you're causing a reset, right? So that you're, you, you actually kind of like break that feedback loop. Remove the reflex. Remove yeah. the reflex yeah. in order for them to then progress through. So that, that, that anchor or whatever's weighing them down is now released. And, and uh, it's like a power versus force talks about. We talked sure. about this last time where you're, re- you're, you're letting go of the weights so that you can rise to the surface, right? Mm-hmm. If you're being held down um, by that. So, um, Which is, well, yeah, for, for many reasons. One, helping them move past things and giving them to the ability to move up in consciousness if they so choose to, right? So getting rid of stuff like that, that's a good point, Sean, of it, it is like you're removing a weight or a resistance towards moving forward, right? Yeah, the anchor, whatever's tying yeah. them down, right? Whatever, and they may not know what it is because they've either swept it far under the rug or it's or it's deep, it's buried deep down. On it's that layers note, of an onion, right? It's another way of explaining it. People yeah. see you peel back the layers to, yeah. to allow the true source come up. Yeah. The anchor part, I like that because we just recently did a meditation uh, that was based on that. So getting into the, the right state and then um, feeling anchors in the body and realizing yeah. what they were, uh, that's, a, that's a technique, again, to bring up the point about what you started on before, important in realizing, too, where your patient's at how much can they handle at that time? That might not be a technique no. that they can do right away, exactly. which is totally fine. Uh, they start with something more basic like journaling and, and breathing and whatnot that we're going to get into. So, um, and this, is, and this no. is where you use your expertise uh, that, you've, you know, that you've established over your career, wherever you're at, right? if you're, even if you're just at a school, right? understand where you're at, what you feel comfortable with as a therapist. And then, because there are, you know, within these, this spectrum of tools there, there are some, you know, they're, they're all super powerful. And like Kev said, some might be more valuable than others. So use your intuition uh, based on your audience, right? And, and yeah. where that patient's at. And be really good at the basics, right? It's always like yeah. set back. And like you said, Sean, no, no matter where you are in your practice, think what can we do? What's the best way to make that connection and get the process started? So kind of like you guys have both said, if it's if they're too sympathetic, then go back to your roots. Like do the cranial sacral stuff. Get the good releases you want to get. Let them have, let their body have an access they can use to then move forward. So it always comes back to basic. I think that's the key for anybody who's, especially if you're just starting is, you know, we talked about this many times over the years with new grads coming out. Like, what are the basic stuff? Is the sacrum moving between the ilium? Are you getting the pump to pump? Like, go back to that stuff. And then, like you said, Sean, when you did your analogy with the rotator cuff, we're very used to that world. But it's the same thing. It's you, you set short-term goals, mid-term goals, long-term goals, where instead of saying, you know, s- you know, strength for manual muscle testing and the ability to throw a ball, we're going more with, okay, so what are their energy levels? Like, if you look more of someone who's doing for trauma, they're usually coming in with... You know, not sleeping very well in the night, where they're in a constant state of fatigue, an inability to handle stress, like that, um, like a very short fuse, right? Their 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 whole nervous system's compromised. So, that's where your goal setting comes. It has to be to, to little things. Are they feeling better during the day? Is there more energy? How's their sleep patterns? Are they? And you need to to discuss routine and, and different things they can ta- they can do to stack things in their favor to make that change. Mm-hmm. I think it's always important to kind of, you know, start and realize, okay, what's the end goal? Okay, obviously the end goal is to get them back to where they want to be, but there's a lot of steps along that way. All right, I'll put you on the spot since you're talking. Do you have kind of like a, a low-hanging fruit of, of what you try to, in your practice, what do you try and focus on, right, with, with patients? Do you have a kind of a, 
you know, just an entry level into this kind of thing, these kind of things? Sure. Well, I usually, I usually talk to them, you know, educate in my office, talk a lot about the nervous system and the roles in the nervous system, the fact that we only have one and that way it can be compromised in many different ways. And I usually talk to them about doing different things to take the pressure off the nervous system and to allow that flow of nervous system. So some general, I guess I can go, I will give some, maybe some mechanical physical stretches. I talked to them a lot about doing, let's say a chin tuck because most people are stuck in their upper neck and the, in their cranial base. So I talk a lot about doing chin tucks to open the cranial base, but I have a, a visualization on top of it to get them to picture the ability of the, of the brain stem coming out to give it room to allow that nervous system to, to pump. I usually give them, um, I call it hand to heel rocking, almost like a child's pose to cobra, kind of five seconds into child's pose, slide forward five seconds into an upward dog or cobra. And again, get them to almost visualize the, the spinal cord kind of like um, sliding like through its sheath yeah. and, so, and, and get them to breathe through that to feel like they're taking pressure off the nervous system. I'm trying them to get them to really think about doing it long and slow. Like I know I'm not holding it for too long, but more to get them into a, relax, a relaxing phase. Mm -hmm. And then I usually start with breath work. That's kind of my go-to one that I usually will start with and okay. get them to work on like different, so diaphragmatic breathing okay. for, cause you know, as we all know in here, a lot of people don't know how to breathe still properly. And so I just coach them through, you know, different ways to do it. Typically, you know, lying supine with their hands on their stomach and talking about a, what the diaphragm does, the fact that it contracts like 22,000 times a day and quite often people aren't, you know, using it to its full excursion and then, and then walking them through how to use the diaphragm to breathe properly to, to have an effect on the nervous system. Awesome. So whether it's a, you know, five seconds in, five seconds out and holding for, for a certain amount of minutes, or quite often I do different ones where they, depending on what level they start at, where, you know, do a three or four second inhalation, uh, a pause for eight seconds, and then a long exhalation for eight seconds and repeat that. And then I also get them, get them to think, you know, to then be aware of once this is done, how do you feel? Take note of that. How, how are you feeling? Does that, does that, does it calm you down? Does it, does it get you going? Do you find that you can't do it properly? And then we progress from there. But that's right. usually my go-to start. Okay. Awesome, Jay. I think it's really cool. So what I see from that, there's a few elements. You, you have the, you integrate the structural, right? The, uh, and the implications of how that influences your nervous system with the power of visualization and breath work. And, and you're kind of tying that all together through the education process. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have expected that from you, but oh, nice. No. nice. No. I don't think I've ever, <laughs> uh, I whisper it. Yeah. Cause I, I find that helps keep them calm and I whisper in their ear. It's a really, really calming effect. It's creepy. Well, the president doesn't, so we can't do that. Um, awesome, Jay. Well, that's really cool. Hopefully you guys, uh, you know, listening or, or watching got, uh, a few pearls of wisdom from uh, from J Bone over there. Well, it works yep. well for people who aren't in, like, yeah. if, especially like you know, if we have some weekend warriors that aren't really into. Your time is up. Yeah, into <laughs> aren't are really as aware of their body. I think it's a nice way to kind of introduce it from there. Yeah. All right, Kev, your turn. So what? Uh, I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> uh, but I hear chanting. Chanting, yeah. Chanting, yeah. Tons of chant. Drumming. Smudging. Lots of smudging. Drumming. <laughs> Drumming. <laughs> <laughs> I did grow up near an Indian reserve. Yeah. So yes, you did. Uh, <laughs> well, it depends. You know, uh, I try and gauge where the patient patient is at. So obviously, there is a mechanical component of, let's say, how much they're moving. Uh, we try and keep it basic in the beginning for sure to make sure people are doing things that they love because uh, uh, otherwise they won't do them. Yeah. <laughs> so to tell someone to do uh, I don't know yoga when they can't stand yoga is kind of pointless. So. Try and get a gauge from patient to patient on talking about definitely dealing with their crap. That's what I often talk about. 
if you wanted the golden rule to not having too much uh, trauma build up and uh, physical stuff going on, deal with scenarios that you know you're pushing to the side. So that's that's a major one I talk about quite often. Uh, and then we'll talk about stuff uh, on what do you, what can you do? Because a lot of people say, well, I can't really speak of that. And I said, so we need to find other ways to do it. That's where journaling comes into play that we'll often talk about. Um, even Dr. Sarno talks a lot about uh, journaling for back pain. You know, like this, mm-hmm. there's so much research on the effects of pen to paper, not typing, uh, that have an effect on the brain at releasing trauma is, uh, is very, very important. So I'll usually start with something that easy. And then if, uh, you know, as the person progresses and you see that there's an interest in things for sure, like Jay said, uh, uh, you know, to, to get more in touch with the, the, the body feeling, you'd have to start with something like breathe, basic breathing mm-hmm. into some uh, basic meditation technique and see how the person evolves. You know, once they, well, like Jay kind of uh, touched on or you did, uh, saying once they feel the benefits of, the work that they're doing, uh, it's a little easier to progress to those next stages and do something a little more uh, advanced. So, and when they start to have some, you're making some difference in their life, right? They're sleeping better or they just have more, they're, they're more encouraged to say, wow, like I, I didn't expect like doing those basic little exercises and, and whatever visualization or breathing, how much of a, a chanting and dancing and, and, drumming how much an effect that could have and then and then like you said Kev, they typically become much more open saying man you know i i kind of never got into that stuff my whole life and really didn't realize how how profound it can be right that's just that's what it comes down to and that's not a knock on drumming i've had some of my better <laughs> meditations with drumming and it was pretty, pretty and you've awesome. been always been a big fan of little drummer boy at the holiday season <laughs> i love it a little drummer boy i love it <laughs> No. Um, okay. I think what you guys are, are saying, if I can summarize, is it's, it, you have to, I guess the, this comes back to what we try and teach here is, uh, is the importance of communication and just being able to understand exactly where your patient is. So when you, when you, you know, and it, this evolves with time because it's, you're looking for entry points, right? So the homework that we've outlined to get them through or, or through trauma, you're looking for entry points into how, um, how much they can handle, right? Based on where they're at with, uh, with respect to their condition. Uh, and, and it's all of it. It's, it's, if you have a good understanding of who that patient is, uh, you've built rapport, you've, uh, established really good communication with them. Uh, you can, you'll have a good understanding of where you can start. So some of the, like the tools we talked about, right? Whether it's journaling or breath work or meditation or if it's more physical, right, if, uh, with, with respect to yoga and stretching and, and rehabilitation, right, exercise and stuff, all of these things essentially will help progress a patient from where they are, right, the trauma that they were experiencing or they didn't even know they had, into where you want them to go. Um, and these tools, like you said, they, 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 you'll be able to pepper them in as, as your relationship builds and as the patient, uh, as the patient you know, your relationship evolves over time. Um, but you, you really want to tailor your education and the homework to the patient's comfort, comfort level. Uh, so we yeah. could give a couple examples of that. Uh, like what about the journaling? What it, like, yeah, maybe so, they have no idea what we're talking about. Okay. Like, so I'm sure most people know what journaling is, but so, so like with a patient, let's say, uh, well, I'll give an example of myself. Sure. With journaling. Yeah. Actually, that's pretty cool. Cause when I first, uh, you know, a few, my oldest son is six, I guess now. And when I first, or he's five and a half, when we first 
had uh, Casey, uh, I went through a period of almost like insomnia, not insomnia, but I was having trouble sleeping, right? I guess I, as I've went through probably the new roles of being a father, you know, all these different stresses, right? Just, and just... Kelly's baby, hormones. Yeah, all of it, right? Fit again. Baby, <laughs> baby's up in the middle of the night, all of this. But it was after I did a TMJ uh, seminar that the teacher kind of said, well, you, TMJ and bruxism and stuff. He's like, well, you can do all the therapies in the world, but unless you address the psychosomatic stuff, it's not going to go away, right? Because he's like, bruxism is just, it's just, the, he goes, it's the hamster wheel that doesn't shut off at night. You know, your subconscious just goes and you don't even know. So uh, before bed, I started doing that. I started, well, I, I'd always been in, into meditation and breathwork stuff, but I, but he said the number one, is like, it's like a therapist in a book is journaling. And he said, you do a five minute brain dump or he called it downloading your day so it's and this has my, been my go-to exercise you know i don't do it as often as i as i used to anymore but because i guess things of you know the acceptance or whatever of of my evolution you look with a lot that, better with that <laughs> my evolution with, so with whatever better. i was dealing with at the at the time has evolved right, right. but uh so it was it was as simple as um so it was as simple as downloading your day so for me it was Things I was worried about, things I probably hadn't had a chance to address, things I might have to do the next day or things I forgot to do. I would just, without even much thought to it, I would just let it flow for five minutes on a page. How would I handle it better next time? Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. Things like that. Like all those things. I just, whatever it was that I felt. And then um, you could rip the page out. You could rip it up. You could light it on fire. You could save it for the next day to read. But in doing that over time, man, I started, I started to sleep better again. I started to, I just got all the subconscious kind of, you know, off my, off my brain and, and, and I was able to sleep. My journaling has changed since now. Now I do less of that stuff and more of like gratitude practice and stuff, but it's evolved over time. Um, but it, it was so helpful. It was like downloading your day, all the crap that went on or the things that happened or didn't happen or, you know, Yeah. Anyways, that was my journaling practice. So, so that, that that's the uh, for anybody. I think that's an amazing practice to have for people with a specific issue. Uh, the one thing they could do too is, is they're obviously journaling to kind of address that trauma, right? So it's it would be writing about it, like what happened to uh, how did it make me feel to how did it feel then? How, how does it feel now? How, 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 how am I carrying what, this? And the hardest one. What did I potentially learn from that? Yeah. So these are key areas. What emotions can, was I sure, feeling? Because yeah. yeah. the key is, is, is obviously to consciously uh, move past it and resolve it on a subconscious level of how it affected you. So these are key, key ways to say like, okay, what, what, was this, what was the life lesson here? And sometimes, you know, we will often say, well, you know, it wasn't really my fault and I had nothing, which granted, you know, often some really bad things happen. But even in those bad experiences, which really none are bad in the sense of what it could bring us as growth, uh, is focusing on that and moving forward from that. Uh, so those are some ways you can do the, the sure. journey part. Mm -hmm. I think it's important, too, to talk about how we said how you can progress from, like, the introductory to the medium and long-term, like, like, how to make it harder, you know, progression, if you will. Um, because uh, that's the thing we, we do sometimes see in people that don't, let's say, complete a rehab, right? They they come in. We've always talked how pain's like the last thing to show up, but the first thing to go away. So not uh, not everyone who comes into our practice will necessarily finish the rehab all the time. And we notice that when people come back, quite often something happens, the pain comes back in the same spot, hmm. right? And we've talked about this in the, in the past, how 
it's one thing to, you know, take out a second degree lesion at T4 and do this, but you don't want that pain to come back when something else happens. Oh, T4 wakes up again. Remember we talked about how you can build mm-hmm. resilience to that. And I think Wim Hof talks about that, how to build mm-hmm. resilience to the nervous system. I think uh, that's a big part too. So a lot of times to progress, uh, you know, my clients who who have dealt with some trauma is to do more like yoga and Pilates where it's it's a little bit more of a of an active rehab through, you know, of course, ability stuff with, with, with both, if you will, and stretching with yoga. Um, but actually having them do the proper breath work during, because mm-hmm. we've all, I don't know you guys, is, I mean, I think you can tell that I'm not probably the most proficient yoga person you've seen, but I, I sometimes will do a yoga video and I'll realize like, man, like they're telling me how to breathe throughout and I'm struggling. Like I have a hard time slowing down. I keep breathing, slowing my breath and I'm holding my breath, breathing too fast. That is, I found through my clients, and when they're getting into the, the to middle to late stages of recovery to make that full recovery, that's really beneficial. It's not just saying, do a 30-minute yoga tape. Do it, but do the you breath like they're telling you to do it to make sure you're breathing through your tissues and you're able to stay in that state. I find that's a, it's a, a much better way to build that resilience back into their body and make a better full-term recovery. Absolutely, I agree. That made me think of, uh, so one thing is the, the, the resiliency of the nervous system, spiritual resiliency, mm-hmm. you know, like doing these types of things, taking the time for yourself to do breath work, to bring yourself back to what's important, to go inside is, is one of the uh, key ways to having progression as well, right? So It's like hitting the pause button. Right? Do, yeah. You know? and, and you're cutting off all that external noise, which in, you know, in reality is just the, the, our perception of what's really going on in the mind shows up in our reality, right? So if you take the time to come back into that silence, not in the mind, uh, and, and add some techniques like meditation to get more in depth with that, you're increasing that resiliency to be able to handle things and go back to that calm space where you know you can, you can have more of a control over what's happening in front of you as opposed to being victim of what's on the outside. Mm-hmm. All said. Boom. Yeah. And yeah, what's like done? Podcast finished. <laughs> and, and what's amazing? And what's good. amazing is that, like you say, it's 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 these tools are available to us. Yep. And we have to take the time to use them, right? So, uh, yeah, Jay, why don't you recap a couple of these a couple yeah, of these, these tools that we have? So that so that so that. Sure. Yeah, you're up. Here's the ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I think the I'm tools are. I mean, I, yeah, exactly. You're allowed to decide. Yeah, I think the biggest He's thing is about the rock paper scissors. Yeah, actually, I've already uh, there were some polls, initial polls came in. They said uh, <laughs> I said that they like actually me hosting. Yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah. polls came in. That's yeah. I was right. I, here. See, these polls yeah. from Australia. Yeah. 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 yeah, tomorrow. It's already tomorrow there. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, they've already had this episode. You guys have already had this episode. Right? <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Quick recap, I think quick is recap. is um, well, we pick it back from last week, right? So I think the biggest thing is is that connection when you talk to your clients in your office about how you want to rebuild the trauma and re- or rebuild recap the trauma, it. reset, A recap, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, seriously, <laughs> to reset the trauma. So uh, you know, having them understand in your office that first day that it's playing a role in their in their in their injury and why they're feeling the way they are. And then, and just going through the basics of what they can do at home to help. So establishing some short-term goals and then progress them through stages by using either a combination of breath work, um, journaling, um, nervous system kind of repair and, and, and resetting, if you will, um, techniques to, to get them on the path to recovery. That's what you're looking to do. Um, awesome. If you guys have any more 
questions or comments, feel free to hit us up, osteomentorship.com. As always, we're here every week on the Osteo Connection, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing and uh, hearing feedback from you guys. We'll, we'll be here next week. Take care, everybody. Ciao. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something, or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to the Osteo Connection wherever you're listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, Mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week and be sure to share with a friend.